It's great to be your own biggest fan. Oh, yeah. I'm my biggest fan and also <laughs> my biggest heckler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird dichotomy because, like, I genuinely do. I walk around with my, like, nose in the air acting like I'm, like, a god's gift on this earth for comedy. But also at the same time, I'm the guy throwing tomatoes at myself in the crowd like, Oh, boo! Boo, you suck! Oh, yeah. I just imagine in my little, like, headscape, there's me doing stand-up routine and the lights shining on my face and you can see just how much I'm sweating and I'm stammering and there's just also me in the audience and they all just have had, like, two drinks too many and are just, you know, slurring their words and heckling me going, You suck! You don't know what a joke is if it bit you in the nose! That That's just a peek inside my head. Oh, man, it's it's so similar. I'm, I'm a little friend. <laughs> I'm sensing a trend. <laughs> oh, I've gathered Earth's mightiest team of people who are self-deprecating. <laughs> Self-loathing, yeah. Welcome to the Kevin... 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 Welcome to the Kevin Podcast. Episode 12. Featuring Ben June and Kevin Angus. I just wonder what amazing things we might be able to accomplish as like fully formed adult people at this point. (laughs) As real humans. Yeah. If we had 100% of our brain and not, I mean, me on a good day, I'm edging at like maybe 27% brain functionality. And that's on a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was 100%, you guys wouldn't stand a chance. I think it's like we were purposefully nerfed from the get go. Like they were like, oh, yeah. These guys, they're way too overpowered. We got to cut them down a peg, you know? (laughs) Got to take care of that. Got to fix that problem. Nip that in the bud. Ooh. (sighs) Looks like we made them too funny. Let's add a little bit of uh, (laughs) self-consciousness. Oh, yeah. Self-loathing, you know, all all just the usual. I'm not sure if you ever kind of did pursue anything on a stage at any point. Was that something that you experimented with? You know, no. Really? No. I mean, it's easy enough for me to say like, oh yeah, I think I could do it. But, you know, I never did. A lot of my creative stuff, I just, I don't know. I think I've never broken to the part where it leaves my brain. Because That's the hardest part, yeah. Yeah, it's come through a little bit. But when it comes to my creative works, I am incredibly self-conscious about anything you know of course yeah I'm trying to think of the last thing that really i showed to other people because i am a humongous nerd i not only play dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. but i run it myself Ooh. i am a dungeon master oh yeah i know please feel pity oh. for me i need it desperately no you're totally misinterpreting my sounds oh. I, I mean them in the exact opposite direction oh so you know my pain well to an extent i do yeah okay Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm liking this though. I'm liking where this is going. Yeah, I created like a setting and everything, and just I guess like I had a couple friends who were like, "Oh yeah, let's play D and D," and I was like, oh, "My time has come. My time to shine." And I spent without ever any kind of guarantee that it was going to come of anything. Mm-hmm. I spent way, way too much time just building stuff oh it is dream of mine when i first conceived of this podcast to eventually have a few D campaigns on podcast oh 
Okay. Because like maybe for like the first one that we do, maybe you could be like the DM if you'd like, and I could have me and maybe two other people like Tom. Yeah. You know Tom. You've met yeah, Tom. Yeah. He showed me a book once in a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to do that. I would be incredibly honored. <sighs> You probably remember this from college, but I was a humongous nerd. I don't like to call myself the king of nerds, but I'm at the very least like the Duke of nerds. So I'm up there. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. I have, if you wouldn't mind, I have a campaign all ready to go. I have a two inch binder of all of my stuff and all of the scenarios. You're making my dreams come true right now. So I've run this campaign, at least, you know, the first part of it. Yeah. Two times now. And most everyone I've ever played with had never played before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's severely lacking in actual criticism. I see. Okay. So I welcome the punches with open arms. My own personal experience is relatively limited, but I've watched, you know, a few YouTube series where like the YouTubers were playing campaigns or I've oh, yeah. listened to like podcast episodes like I'm even talking about where they ran certain kind of episodes. So I, I think it's just a kind of fun and it's a good format. It's imagination, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can do anything. So it's very fertile ground for stuff like that. I think when it comes to me being creative, I like confines and constraints and I like working within the box. I think having restrictions on what you can do is better for my creative process. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, having to work with only such stuff, I think really enables you to, you know, to see how far, just how far to find that exact limit. Whereas if you have no restraints whatsoever, you just pick one path and just go. I feel like kind of like what you're saying, once you have at least the framework to go with, that almost feels like it relieves a little bit of the pressure to be like, you don't have to come up with all of 100% of it on your own, you know? Yeah. Don't reinvent the wheel where it doesn't have to be reinvented, exactly. you know? Exactly. I think when it comes to my creative process, it only occurred to me maybe like a year or two ago, but kind of this mantra that I've adopted has really helped. And what it is is I'm never going to try and do anything new or claim that something I'm doing is original because nothing, 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 nothing that anyone can do is going to be 100% new or original or unprecedented. It's just no matter what you do, the kind of people involved, the characters, the story beats or anything, mm -hmm. someone's done something close enough to it or done it exact. So I just go, oh, yeah, who cares if a guy goes and saves a princess and kills a dragon? It's been done a million times before. But if I can make it good, mm -hmm. if I can make it interesting, that's what will set it apart. That's what will be good. You know, just do it good. Do it well. Don't do it new, do it well. That's my thinking, at least. Put the full effort. I think I, I had to come to that almost same type of a conclusion to even gain the self-motivation to actually start this exact show. Like, I had to get over, like, the fact, like, oh, interview podcasts, of course they exist. Freeform conversation podcasts, of course they exist. And yeah. podcasts, there's a podcast for everything. And everything, exactly. every podcast feels like they have to have some kind of point, which I feel like I definitely, I've gone the opposite in that direction, where I'm like, I'm not trying to achieve anything specific from this, but... At the same time, like, it doesn't bother me that I'm inspired by other podcasts that I've enjoyed through the years. And you have to draw inspiration from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I feel exactly the same way. No matter what you do, someone's going to go, oh, that sounds just like X, Y, and Z. And then you go, oh, no, I thought I was the only person to do it ever in the world in the history of people talking yeah. to each other. How could I not have foreseen that? It's like, 
well, duh. You just kind of have to accept that. Yeah, maybe if you're writing a story about, like, people fighting in spaceships, oh, of course there's a new alien race that people didn't expect. Yeah, mm-hmm. duh. People have done it before. Yeah. If you can do it well, who cares? Yeah, just make it nice. Make it cool. You know, just got to put a little effort in. And, you know, yeah. also other podcasts, they don't have me. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. They're missing out. They're like, oh, man, uh, oof, we got a long list of potential applicants here for hosting new podcast. Kevin Angus now. None of them are Kevin Angus. Might Ooh, as well do it. Well, might as well. It's, it means yeah. it's original still. Still no Kevin Angus, but I've done the opposite now. So <laughs> the rival for the Kevin podcast is, of course, the Kevin Hart podcast. The Kevin Hart um, podcast. I still can't get a... over how the timing with that one. That's that exactly this. Oh, it was it, it really made me mad. It really ticked me off. Clearly, the most reasonable explanation is that Kevin Hart has a vast spy network to spy on all the other Kevins in the world. And just saw that you were going to absolutely usurp him oh, in no. the cultural mind space. And he cut the floor out from underneath you. Oh, I think you're... It's a vengeful man, that oh, Kevin Hart. Oh, man. Oh, I've been seeing ads of him everywhere. They're all targeted. <laughs> yeah, because of the techno hellscape that we live in. The more you talk about him, the more you're going to see him. And now, since my cell phone's sitting right next to me, so will I. Not going to listen to it. So just know you you don't have to suffer alone. I will endure the slings and arrows of Kevin Hart as well. How many gold mines will get no downloads from this guy? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And also, I don't think he edits his own podcast, so I think I get him on that too. Because I highly doubt he does. Homeboy rolls up to the studio, talks for an hour maybe they cut out like two seconds of it but it's all basically just uncut talking and not clean or or like organized in any way shape or form people coughing in the background you can hear a guy slam a door a couple offices down really subpar work no effort you know and i gotta i gotta put a lot of effort in you know (laughs) i think another thing that has really helped my creative process is something that i've struggled with my entire life not just in creative works but just in life as a whole. And that is just embracing failure with complete and utter open arms. Man, that is so scary. It's terrifying. But yeah, yeah. I, I kind of look at it in like the nihilist sense where you'd be like, oh, nothing matters. Oh, life doesn't isn't real. Whereas I look at it as I'm like a kid from an internet CD from the 80s where I'm like surfing on the internet literally with sunglasses and a backwards hat. And I'm like doing the shaka bra symbol where I go, yeah, life is meaningless. Nothing matters. It's like, what does failure mean really? Nothing. It's true. It's true. I mean, oftentimes it is the consequences are the pain that it tolls on your brain. Like that's like it. There's no other things that come from the things that you worry about, which I'm typically not the worrier. I'm anti-worry so much that it causes problems of course but i'm very conflicted because on one hand i worry a lot all the time constantly forever always and then just go oh no don't worry about that yeah it's fine unless it's actively stabbing me to death yeah it's not yeah you know yeah yeah Is it weird that I kind of wish I would get mugged at some point? Just so when a guy in like a dirty overcoat pulls out a rusty knife and says, eh, give me your money, punk. I can just go, oh, no, thank you. And just walk away. 
just to see what would happen. Those would be fun, like, kind of scenarios to kind of explore. Maybe, I think that what it is is your your brain is trying to itch towards you to get into, like, sketch writing for, like, sketch comedy, because that would be a very funny sketch <laughs> premise kind of setup. Yeah, I don't want it. No, thank you. It's like a guy handing you a pamphlet on the street. Just, oh, no, thank you. I already got one at home. Yeah, no, th- no thanks. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one. More awkward at having to talk to someone on the street than the, you know, than the actual act of getting mugged yeah and then you know obviously the mugger then has to contemplate his own life choices and be like what am i doing wrong like have i lost my touch you know (laughs) yeah not even oh i can't believe i have to resort to mugging people it's i'm so bad at mugging people that this idiot loser (laughs) doesn't even get mugged by me anymore and he goes back to the mugging guild and they have to like you know has to go to muggers anonymous we're going to try to get you back into this, you know, three-step program to get you back on the path to being, a, you know, a, a good mugger. Step one, produce the knife. Yeah. Step two, grizzle your voice and say, give me a money. Step three, receive money. Yeah. And then, you know, then, of course, you know, you can do a kind of training montage, Rocky style. Ooh, and then, of course, good. I just... cut to like four weeks later, he tries to mug the guy again. A guy wearing like towel over his neck with kind of a paunch just like, you know, rubbing him on the shoulders while he's practicing his stabs into a like a punching bag running up the hill in philly doing the rocky thing it is hard to run up hills too so i'm sure i'm sure he'd be actually pretty winded too it's hard to run up that hill yeah that's a tough hill i've been to philly where that is and yeah that's a that's a big ass hill it's not even really here it's it's just stairs but well yeah so we're gonna make him very sweaty for that shot for sure like halfway up he's gasping for breath you know definitely like lean into that and then you have your your typical sports movie ending where he goes you know he's all sweaty from running up the hill and he goes to mug me again but he's so sweaty that the knife slips out of his grasp oh and and he ends up losing anyway but he loses with dignity so it's Ah. kind of a satisfying ending to the first movie good arc and then in the second movie he does mug and kill me because i still (laughs) don't care about getting mugged and that's how he gets like the victory the real victory in the second movie because you know when they franchise the rights they have to sell them on a second movie as well of course, of course, you know, because Rocky did lose the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. It's, I mean, it's, it's the Rocky principle. You got to lose to win. <laughs> the Rocky principle is this. What kind of class would be teaching the Rocky principle? Just based on the name entirely, you know, by itself. Like, I'm thinking like astrophysics or like astrology. Astronomy, the real one. I've heard in both ways, yeah. Yeah, man, that's a good one. Today we'll be learning the Rocky Principle. Maybe statistics like betting and gambling and like sports betting kind of things. Oh yeah, you mean like our statistics class where that's all we learned about? Almost entirely, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and then they're like, oh, you know, so statistically it looks like teams that have lost on the prior week have a 15% higher chance of winning on the next week or something like that. Oh, that. Lock it in. That's the Rocky Principle. Rocky Principle's I'm 100%, on, yeah. I'm 100% behind that. You gotta lose to win. That's, Love me, the Rocky Principle. It still principle. works, yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, that's the sketch. And and see, now we've got an audio record of it. One of us can yeah. write that or something. <laughs> can you copyright an audio file? Uh, yeah, I'll email it to myself, and then I think we're good. This is uh, Billy, and uh, I'm a devout listener of the Kevin Podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. For anybody who's looking for something a little goofy, something a little different, something a little fun, give it a shot. I wrote a haiku for this podcast. as a little oh, treat. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh. Welcome to Ben's Haiku Segment. 
There's a waterfall in the distance, some bonsai trees. I'm closing my eyes and just leaning back. Hang on. All right, I'm leaning back. There's like a heron, like spearing a fish in the stream that's going down. There's a tree behind you, the, the leaves rustling. And then they listen to us, our ideas, words, and thoughts. They don't have a choice. I thought that was pretty fitting for the podcast, seeing as oh, that was by hitting play, they do that virtual handshake of, yes, you're going to listen to me be an insane person for however long this runs. And yeah, that's what you sign up for. Oh, this is exactly what I hoped would happen is like people would have like ideas just like that just makes the show better when people do that kind of stuff. Oh, I got another one. Oh, I think it needs some lead in first, though. All right. I think a lot. I work a job where unless I'm answering the phone, I'm just kind of working on a computer mm. and it gives me a lot of time to think. And uh, I had a realization a while back that there's this one thing that I think of and that I like and I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the world this would relate to. Like, no one else would relate to this thing. And I wanted to see if you have one of those. Okay. What is a totally mundane thing that you like, like to do, that you just go, I'm the only person on the planet who does this? I think I actually know the exact answer for this. Okay, hit me. I think that I'm probably the only person who misses hiccups when they're gone. Oh, that is weird. I love that. It's like the anticipation I have is like, I still expect them to keep going, but they've stopped. So I'm like, oh, oh. It's like a lover who has to go to war and you sit out, you know, waiting for them to come back. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I think about that one often, but I also had to think about that earlier because, of course, my kid had hiccups when I was trying to put him to sleep. And I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get through this. You got to go to bed somehow, one way or another. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if he's going to feel the feeling I have about hiccups. So it was like literally fresh in my brain, that kind of thing. Wow, man. Talk about a coincidence. So, but that is for me, like, I think I've told a couple people that like now and again throughout life. And I've always gotten that same reaction of like, oh no, I definitely don't feel that way. <laughs> so far, so good. So mine, I have a thing where it goes back to eighth grade. I was in eighth grade English class with Mrs. Krajewski. Shout out to Miss Krajewski. No, no, no. Okay, I take that back. No, no, no. It can stand because she was the progenitor of this inadvertently. Re-shout out. Where I hated her class and I sat in the back and there was like a bookshelf behind me. And I figured rather than listen to Mrs. Krajewski go on and on about whatever the hell she was talking about, I'd rather pick up any book behind me and start reading it. And I picked up Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. Fancy boy. Yeah. After reading a couple of Charles Dickens books, I realized the thing I like about him the most is he was so good at coming up with just good names for characters that just in my day, I will just randomly make up names for no one that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People that don't exist. And I just will make up a name. So I took like eight seconds to come up with some. These are the names that I just thought of that I thought. This would be a cool name for a person. And I have uh, Trent Crundle. I think that's a cool name. Slab Antsworth. I like that one. And Crass Shackens. And that's just what I do. If I see someone walking down the street, I go, hmm, that guy looks like a, you know, a bit of a pre-freeble right there. Hmm. Oh, man. Oh, that lady, that's a hmm, Shasta McCrass. <laughs> and I will just come up with names for people. And I think it makes me sound like a crazy person. 
Spoiler alerts, because I am. <laughs> I'm pretty confident that I'm the only person in the world who does stuff like that. Okay, I would say I will confirm that at this base level, I don't think I do it in the way that you've exactly described. Like, I definitely, yeah, I wouldn't say I go around creating names for people like that. Yeah. Yeah, I have a little bit too much time on my hands. No, I get but... it, though. But, like, but it's one of those things that, like, once you've said it, I'm like, oh, that would be a fun thing to do just to, it's like, so much entertain fun. yourself. Yeah. Just don't even think. Just give me a name right now. Do it. Fudge Bentley. Boom. I love it. Fudge <laughs> Bentley. See? Yeah. This could have some legs, man. Next time you're just like walking down the street, just be like, Fudge Bentley, man. <laughs> yeah. Clamped Brimdo. Right there. There he oh, is. That's a good one. I can't help it, though. It. I don't think it's entirely Mrs. Krajewski's fault. You ever see people that just go, well, that person, I have to give them a name. Like, this person stands out too much to just be, oh, that person. Yeah. If I ever want to talk about that person, I have to give them a name. I'm so lazy. I'll just call him, like, Old Beardy or something like that. Well, see, but that's even that's good. Like, so, for background, I work in New York, so... We get a lot of people who have to go into the county office, just walk by my office. Hmm. And eh, how do I put it? There's a, a wide variety of human beings that walk <laughs> by. That'll be my polite way of saying uh, freaks and mutants roam the streets like radioactive zombies. But what am I supposed to do when a guy who walks in slow motion just strolls down the street? Am I not going to call him the sloth man? Literally, like he's moving in real time, but like his movements are so slow that he looks as if he's been slow mode. No, he walks slow as well and does slow motions. Oh, yeah. The dude loves to just walk down the middle of the street slower than a snail. Doesn't matter if there's traffic. He also walks around and has, he wears smiley face stickers on his face, like in the corners of his eyes. Is he a mime? No, he's a rapper, I believe. Ah. For anyone listening, I believe his name is Mr. Dope Bar, and I think you can find him on YouTube. This is not where I expected this conversation to go at all. I was picturing like a happy mime kind of guy. Like, <laughs> No, he looks like he's dead inside, walks incredibly slow, and loves to block traffic. To like promote his brand though, like he's doing it to, because like he's trying to get like any press is good press kind of thing. It's either that or he's fried his brain with drugs, I believe. Is he passing out, like, singles while he's blocking traffic as well? No, but he loves to just, he'll, like, walk down the street and then turn around and just walk back and then turn around again. Mm. I can't explain it. I don't know if he has an actual human name or if he was just, like, birthed from the earth a couple of months ago and became Dope Bar or Sloth Man. <laughs> I can't explain these things, but yeah, like some people demand names and I have a lot of them, like in the town that I work. I like it too, because I think that by creating this name, you almost kind of, in a way, create like a way to tap into that memory of them to like, because that's like a great stand-up bit or, or even like something like that, like just stories about that kind of stuff or anecdotes of people watching things like that so it's like it's like a cool little mental trick that you've also created to like oh save yeah creative ideas of weird people that you happen to see as well which is nice oh yeah like i have generally what i would consider a non-existent memory but i could tell you all about the sloth man and rusty undercarriage the kind of weirdos that i meet rusty undercarriage what a great okay what a great guy that sounds like no he was a uh what a terrible guy that sounds like. he was there we go yeah the other half yeah rusty undercarriage was a guy who i noticed would always be parked in a car across the street from my office around like quarter to four four o'clock 
usually on Thursdays. And I would just see him sitting there right across from my window. And I began to recognize him not by him, but because of his car. Mm. He had this shitty little silver sedan and the bottom of it was all rusted out to hell. So I don't know this dude's name. I could call him David or Adam or John, or I could make up a fun name like Rusty Undercarriage. Yeah, yeah, why not? He only got the name when I was sitting there working one day and I see this dude tipping back some sort of drink and I realized, like, this dude's drinking a gigantic beer in his car. Oh, my God. And he drives off every day. Wow. And so that's when the stakeout begun. I spied the living hell out of this dude from my office when I probably should have been doing actual work. And just watch this dude like every day at four o'clock, he would wait outside the office across the street from mine, drink a couple of beers, wait for someone to come out of the building across the street and then just drive off like it was fine to do that. Wow. So I stung his ass <laughs> one day. First couple of times, I wasn't sure if he like was actually drinking a beer. And then like one day I saw him tip his head full bag. It was like he was in a beer commercial because like the label was facing out. And his hands were covering it. And I was like, that dude, I, I know that exact type of beer. I know exactly what he's drinking. That's beer. So I like walked outside and was like, oh, I have to go to the bank. Walked across <laughs> the street, down the street, took his license plate number. And I oh. snitched on him to the cops, which happened to be two buildings down the road from me. Nice. Yeah. I think he probably lost his license for drinking and driving because I don't see Rusty Undercarriage there anymore. Do you think he was like a PI though? Like, was he also staking <gasps> someone out? Undercover. He's like Serpico. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking the whole time when you were like talking about you were, you were spying on the spy himself. Oh my God. I Serpicoed Serpico. Wait, does that make me a good guy or a bad guy? I think you're the good guy because the cops came in he was drinking and driving. So like he's, he was probably like a bad pi like gone rogue or something like yeah, that. yeah he must have been because he didn't stop after the first time i called the cops on him oh no yeah he continued to do it and then oh. i was like you didn't learn your lesson dude you're gonna learn it this time i thought it was the end of the story no to be fair i haven't seen him in like a year but or maybe you know he got a new assignment and he's outside you someone else's town offices i'm going with that i think he got reassigned or is undercover he was getting too hot probably in like Ecuador. they were too on to him oh yeah the heat i like that puts a nice little bow on the story of some old dude who was drinking and driving yeah just being a total piece of shit otherwise but now yeah. we can look at him like kind of like oh maybe he was like a created like a myth around him oh yeah thank you for listening to the kevin podcast oh my god you're never gonna believe this the book that was today what the book that happened oh, on june 13th are you kidding me nine years ago today are you kidding me I swear to God, I went and looked. I'm looking through my Facebook memories, and I posted oh, on Facebook. Me? Randomly ran into Kevin Angus today in the bookstore. Quite the enjoyable coincidence. What are the chances? Dear God. Oh, my God. Oh, now I've got to find a way to keep this in the podcast. I can't, this... <laughs> I'm fucking pulling up my Facebook memories right now. I'm fucking just seeing this shit right now. You commented on it, too. Oh, shit, there it is. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I can't, dude. Oh, what are the shit. chances? The whole reason I was looking is because I wanted to find, like, I think it was, like, my most liked picture 
was of you doing like a yo 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 gangster pose and i wanted you to see that again faux free faux free that was it <laughs> i think i made it my profile picture at one point i think you did oh man i was like oh. well, let, me, let me see if i can find it and then just so happens faux free but regardless that is an uncanny coincidence and um I mean, that's that's like fate man that's ridiculous incredible i can't believe it I think we scripted this episode. That's, I know. Pete, you know, we got to be careful. If the <laughs> script for this episode leaks, people are going to be pissed. Oh, oh, fuck. They, they, they can never find out. Oh, just flip page. All right. Uh, talk <laughs> about the script. All right. Uh. <laughs> anyway, cut that. I'm telling myself to cut that in the future. That's future Kevin. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Hello, future Kevin. Thanks for listening to the Kevin Podcast. Goodbye. See you.